0: All right, welcome back my food and mood friends. I have something special today. I mean, I kinda always feel like I have something special, but today it's story time. I wanna share with you our food relationship backstory. And I say our because I'm talking about me and my man, because I have been working on a recipe section to give you and to give my clients the actual how to think about food, shop for food, and now even like cook and prepare for prepare gut friendly foods that make us feel good. Welcome! Here is your hostess and coach, Chandra Zas, helping people make food and mood changes doable without missing out. Go ahead. High five that like button, subscribe and share while you're there. We are like at a place that we're, we really feel that we are extremely optimized. Like we're eating foods that just fuel our body, help our brains be really clear and productive and creative. We're like at this really optimal place and we eat super clean. We really eat things that we like, we're thinking about how we feel after our meal. We're thinking about how we feel tomorrow, we think about our future, like this is really where our brains are at when we eat. But it hasn't always been like that. And as I share and as I create these recipes, I feel like it's really useful and interesting to understand where we come from and how we got to where we are. A lot of our friends, and now it's becoming this kind of like joke, even between our families, that we're really kind of food snobs. Like, Hello, my friend, how are you? I'm in the Dead Sea floating in the water. Go ahead and like and share and follow so we can keep in touch. One place that my man and I are extremely compatible is when it comes to food. And we always have been since the first meal that he actually made me. And my friends were like, what? Like they couldn't believe that he made a meal that like they knew I was going to be super stoked on. Because my friends knew how big of a deal food was for me. And so to see him make this vegetable heavy, really healthy by my, at that time, standards meal, my friends were just kind of like, what? It's actually a pretty cool story, but I'll keep that one for another day. So we're in this like really optimized place. We're feeding our little one really healthy foods, like really thinking about her brain development and her mood regulation. Like we see that she is just outstanding. Like pretty much everybody that we meet and our and her teachers at the different schools that we've been to like comment on really how outstanding she is and we really believe that it is because of the food that she eats and so we're really into like eating optimally for how we want to feel and You know, a lot of my clients, a lot of people I work with, they're coming with like digestive symptoms and pains and troubles where they're like just trying to get out of pain, which is a really good place to make food changes and invest in health. But there's also this other piece of like optimizing for productivity and for really feeling good mood wise and also energy wise and also brain clarity wise. Like there's a lot that is affected by the way that we eat. So we're in this like kind of optimizing place now and like where we come from is not like we have two really interesting stories that I think are really insightful for you to understand where we come from. So my man, he was actually born in present-day Ukraine and his mom eats and she was preparing extremely healthy food all whole foods, plant-based, partly because they didn't have much options, like their, their families had farm, or not farms, but gardens, and they had like, what they had available was produce. They didn't have any processed foods available. So by default, he ate a really, really healthy diet, and was raised on really a lot of whole foods. I, on the other hand, was born in a pretty normal american family where processed foods were considered healthy and normal and my dad pushed for salads and vegetables but they were pretty they lacked a lot of taste they were pretty difficult to swallow i remember like the vegetables being like steamed and plain and the salads being like pretty pretty not tasty really opposite from the vegetables that we cook and prepare we cook and prepare amazing food which at this point I should definitely say that the we is mostly my man my man does 90% of the food preparing and cooking in our house and he is amazing at making food like we feel that the food he makes is like better than what we eat in restaurants like we do go out to restaurants occasionally when we want to have an experience of going out to a restaurant but honestly, like we most often leave by saying like our food at home tastes better, feels better in our belly is better. We're food snobs. We're seriously food snobs. I'm owning it, fully owning it. So he was raised like eating really good whole foods. I was raised eating processed foods. Like we had like our school lunches were normal American lunches in the nineties. We had like pizza and macaroni and pastas and my dad made this really yummy uh, spaghetti. I ate like a lot of really normal processed foods. I remember having snacks of like hot dog buns and mayo, which is like crazy to think that that's what I used to eat for snack after school. I grew up eating pop tarts and candy and ice cream and my parents did their best like they in what they thought they thought they were like feeding us healthy. So. I'm not like blaming them. I really do think that they did the best they could. They just didn't really understand. And me with my health issues, I was, when I was two years old, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. And I, my parents went on a few year thing of taking me to specialists and getting food allergy tests and all these different things. And they did their best to make vegetable purees and juices. But by the time I was five, some of my symptoms had cleared up enough My eczema had cleared up enough that they thought I had outgrown it, which isn't really possible. So I kind of went back to a pretty normal American diet and I was pretty sick as a kid. And so by the time I hit my mid-teens, I was like, well, another part of the story is that I did a food, my friend dared me to be vegan. I did only whole foods for 15, 14 days and day 10, I was like, wow, I feel incredibly better what is going on how can I get more of this and that really began my food journey and where I started really exploring with like how foods make me feel and what I discovered through a lot of twists and turns like I was vegetarian slash vegan slash raw for almost a decade for nine years I think I was raw for a year or two and vegan for maybe four and vegetarian for ten That was all like in the same 10 years. And when I actually met my man, he was also a vegetarian for four years. So we both kind of have like an experimental background. When in my middle of my teens is when I started exploring and playing with foods, I ended up working at a raw food detox center for five years in the middle of my twenties, where I cooked and, well, I didn't cook, I prepared raw foods. I ran the raw food kitchen and would make meals for 80 people three times a day and got really good at making salads and using like machines in the kitchen. So like I'm really good. The first dish that my man has ever been impressed with me by was my pesto. I make a really, really amazing pesto either with a blender or some kind of blades. I'm really good with machines in the kitchen. I'm pretty bad at chopping. I'm pretty bad at cooking. Like I have like kind of a weird food Cooking background. So, what that means is that when you see the recipes, like I make the really, really simple recipes. I can make, I can use machines, which we don't, we're, we're traveling so much right now that I don't have a lot of machines available to me to use to prepare food. And I make really, really simple foods. I make salads, I make popcorn. <laughs> yes, popcorn is gut friendly. I make soups, I make like the, I make sweet potatoes in the oven, I make burgers. Like, I make the really, really simple foods. And my man makes all of the really, really gourmet foods. Like he thinks that being in the kitchen and chopping for an hour is like therapy for him. So he loves like making really, really, in in my opinion, like gourmet, really tasty dishes. So when when we, and I'll attribute them to him, but when you see the recipe sections, you'll see that my recipes are extremely simple and anybody can do them. They're extremely simple don't take a lot of time, don't take a lot of effort, take some quality ingredients, but it's like pretty much just like putting things together. He on the other hand will do the more complex recipes and he actually doesn't use recipes so it's gonna be really interesting to capture. The next phase of my recipes will be capturing some of his recipes. He has like the same kind of things that he's like constantly kind of tweaking and doesn't use recipes. So what I'm gonna do is actually like, is kind of more interview him and help teach how to think about food and how he thinks about combining and why he puts certain things. And a lot of like what makes food tasty is the toppings, the oils, and the and the spices that actually make our body really want the food and to make it easy to digest so it feels good and like hitting all of the flavors on the taste buds. And there's some like, really cool tricks to making vegetables taste really good, which which ultimately like health and gut-friendly foods they're vegetable heavy that is like that is like the short the short part of the story back to the story of like where we came from with our food so my man didn't actually learn how to cook at home but he ate really well and had he has i would say that he's kind of like in super athlete status he's extremely healthy and has extremely good genes and he learned how to cook in the army he was in a special unit in the israeli army and in his unit they were on call a lot which meant that they had time to cook and so all of the guys and all of the guys from his team they're all really really good in the kitchen i've eaten with many of them they're very good in the kitchen and so this is where he actually started to learn how to cook then he had another job in mexico he worked for a security company and again it was a whole bunch of israelis it was 40 of them guys and again they were on call or more accurately they were not working a lot of hours and they had a lot of time to hang out so they ended up doing like food competitions and so they ended up really like perfecting and practicing and becoming really really good in the kitchen it's really impressive how that group of his friends is really, really good in the kitchen. So then at that point, he bought a Westphalia van and then after Mexico or in Mexico, he bought a Westphalia van and had his like mini kitchen glamping out of his van where he traveled North America, Mexico and the U.S. and all the way up through Canada to Alaska. He did a huge road trip and he was cooking like primarily cooking out of his van and making amazing meals and had all kinds of hitchhikers and friends and people traveling with him and cooking a lot and I met him on the end of that trip and I met him at Burning Man and his gift the playa was making flatbread so he was making bread and handing it out to people as his like gift and when he told me this and I saw his whole bread set up in his van I like took a step back and I was like I have celiac, I cannot go near all of this flour. And he was like, and I just saw his face just drop and he was like, oh my gosh, like what, you know, like bread, I eat bread every day. So we have had like some really cool impacts on each other. Like even though both of us have prioritized health and food separately before we knew each other, both of our friends would attest to it that like feeling good and eating healthy has been really important to both of us. We still have, like, held, like, shown each other and encourage each other to, like, even bump, bump up our health games even more. My, I think my biggest impact on him has been less bread. When he was, we, I moved to Israel with him and we were having hummus, hummus, and, and we say in English or in America, and they were all eating hummus and pita together and I was eating the hummus without the pita. And we all quickly noticed that like, when I wasn't eating the pita, I was ready to go hang out and do stuff after hummus whereas everybody else who was eating the pita was like laying back and like, oh, I need coffee, I need a nap, I can't study anymore. So that was when he really opened his eyes to how bread makes him feel and how it really slows him down energy-wise. Even though he's not allergic to it or doesn't have a problem with it, he noticed that like it does really affect his energy levels, affects everyone's energy levels. This is a lot of story. You're really getting to know like the whole part of this. These are, it's not only like, I mean, food story, food is like so important to all of us. There's so much wrapped up into food. It's how we connect and be together and what we share so often. And like food's a big deal. So there's a lot to this story. So I think it's still going to be really interesting to you guys. So that was where we met. And my journey before I met him was I had, from when I was 16 and I did this food dare until the time I met him, I think I was 32 when I met him, I had a, I did a lot of experimenting. I did cleansing. I did all kinds of different diets. I lived at Esalen where there was, practi- the, the protein was rationed and there was a bread bar available 24 hours a day. Wow, this was like <laughs> one of my chubbiest times. And I did a ton of like, I went to retreats, I did workshops. I I like experimented a ton with really figuring out how could I feel the best in my body. And I would say I am one of the more sensitive people. Like I've, in the beginning, I really thought that there was something wrong with my body that I was more sensitive and that I needed really special things. And over the years, I realized that actually a lot of people are pretty sensitive and that some people just aren't aware of the connections of what makes them feel certain ways. So as I, whenever someone tells me their stomach hurts or they feel, they don't feel good, like I'm always full of questions of like, well, what did you last eat? What's going on? I love helping people figure out how they're feeling and what's it connected to. And so I have been talking to people about it for decades, literally. And and what I have found is that there are some pretty serious patterns in like when, like, when it actually comes down to like how you feel, it's like it's always really connected to what you ate or what you're thinking. But we're talking about food for this episode. So I... I'm definitely on the more snobbish, sensitive, whatever you wanna call it, side. And like in the beginning, I really felt kind of cursed. I really felt that there was something wrong with me. And now at this point in my life, I actually just got a comment on Instagram yesterday talking about how radiant and beautiful I look and how this person knew me 15 years ago. When I didn't look so radiant and beautiful, and they were even commenting on like, "Wow, it's really cool that you've like fig- figured all this food stuff out, and like it really shows in how you look." And so now I, the in the last probably like five or maybe even ten years, I actually feel like my food sensitivities and the the health troubles that I had when I was younger were are now actually a really big gift to me because I do really feel much healthier than, than most people around me. I feel energized. I feel like my skin is really good. I feel like my digestion, my poop is really good. Like I feel really, really good. And I also watch my little one just like she's radiating. When I was her age, I was covered in rashes and sick and on medications. And I just feel so blessed and lucky that I have figured out my own health and I've also given her like this incredible start to life. And I really think that food is like the baseline. I don't think I'm an amazing parent. I think that I'm giving her the foods that really fuel her body. And and yeah, that's like basically the, the big lesson that I've really seen come to fruition. It's really, really special. So we met and we both had, you know, he really comes from like this, much more healthy background also like he did move to israel where there is more processed foods but in general he was raised in a lot less processed foods and and i came from kind of like allergies and really like climbing out of a place of disease and having like a lot of health troubles and we met like in a pretty amazing place where we just kind of took off with like really finding how can we like food is both of our passions and The other piece that I also want to add in here, speaking of food being both of our passions, I used to, before my dad died, I used to cook for a lot of people all the time. I had like a very special relationship with food where it was a way that I gave and it was something I really enjoyed and I had this creativity connection. Like I really enjoyed food. When my dad died, that changed for me. That year, I remember food, I couldn't, like food didn't really, ta- I couldn't taste food very well, and I really lost my love for cooking. And so when I met my man at Burning Man 2014, and, my, and he, this was uh, about six months after my dad died, and I had stopped cooking, and my friend saw him bring this dish, and He doesn't know me as someone who cooks. Like our entire relationship, he's been the one cooking. And it's taken years for my friends to get used to because they're all used to me cooking all the time. I used to live in a house with eight people and I literally did all of the shopping and all of the cooking or 90% of the cooking for all eight of us every day. So I was like known as this like kind of mama hen cooker person. And now my little one, she... It's so sweet. At the dinner table, she goes, Mommy, you're the best worker. And then she looks at Abba or Daddy and she says, Abba, you're the best cooker. (laughs) Because that really is our roles at this point. And it's, it's still... I mean, my dad died now almost eight years ago. And it's still something that has affected my relationship with food. I mean, I... I think that there is a certain amount of creativity that we that we have and right now my creativity is going into other things in my life. It's not going into food. So my food recipes are purely like fuel. They're they taste really good, they digest really good. They're not fancy, they're not going to win awards, they're but they're really Simple, tasty recipes. So that those are the recipes that I'm starting with, giving to you, creating, documenting, providing. And then the next phase, we'll be getting into the gourmet style of like really cooking. For those of you who want to cook more fancy and cook like more extravagant meals, I'll. The next place will be like really captivating what he creates. He has adopted some of my recipes. Like he will make. We, we, I mean, we call it piglet food. Like that was the character that I was in when I met him and the food that I make, the piglet food is like the sweet potato and arugula and kraut and tahini, amazing combination or burger and greens. Burger patty and greens is like one of my classic meals. If, if it's a bachelorette dinner, I will sometimes have popcorn for dinner with nutritional yeast and olive oil, lots of olive oil and good salt, organic corn, of course and egg soup, these are like all my classic recipes. If he's gone, I'm eating simple. I I really love it actually, I love eating simple. It feels really good to me. And it also like gives me the fuel and the energy to to perform and to feel well with very minimal time and input but it is like to learn how to change food patterns this is where most people get stuck they get like I don't know how to shop I don't know what to make I don't know what to buy I don't know how to put it together I don't make it taste good and those are the pieces that the how-to's that I am working on compiling for you and for you and everybody who's reading and watching this so My main points are that it doesn't have to be hard to eat healthy. Yes, there is a transition point and also like trust the journey and trust the process. We have our backgrounds and all of the changes and the attention, the time. My goal for you is to learn from our mistakes, to learn from what we've learned so that it's easier for you and there's a straighter path. I mean, that is what basically teaching is, right? Like how can I impart this information for you to jump ahead a little bit, to make it a little bit easier. Maybe there's other things in your life that you're focusing on. Food is not your jam. Food's not what you want to focus on. So let our learning and let our experience be something that you can take and implement easily and keep focusing on whatever it is in your life that you're focusing on. So that is our food backstory the long or the short, maybe the medium story. <laughs> I think it's uh, we all have a story and stories are powerful. And, and part of what in our relationships to food, understanding our personal story, rewriting our story, rewriting the way that we feel and think about food is a big part of the journey. And so trust, your process, trust your body, listen to your body. If there's nothing else that I want you to take away from this is like listen to your body, play with it, see how it feels when you eat different foods and that really is the pathway to making changes that really are long lasting and help you eat better and feel better for life. All right, I hope you enjoyed story time and I'll see you next week. Thank you very much.